how grateful, how grateful we can be. I think we should worship Jesus with a mighty shout and a hand clap right now for what he did, for where he went, for what he did for each and every one of us. Well, good morning. It is so great to have you here with us on this Good Friday service, this one-hour service here this morning at Silverwater. To all of our guests, and I've met a number of you, uh, we just want to really extend a warm welcome. It is so great to have you here this morning with us. And uh, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, my name is Hartley, and it is just a delight to have you uh, with us here this morning. Hey, can we just say hi to all the great people up on our mezzanine? Welcome to church this morning. Many of them are having uh, translated uh, the message here this morning into Arabic so that they can uh, get the understanding of the Word of God here this morning. But I just want to quickly pray. Can we do that together? Father God, we're so grateful for Jesus. We're so grateful for the cross. We're so grateful that He went to that place for each and every one of us. And we just thank you, Lord, as we open the Word of God this morning. We thank you you would speak to us. You know where we all are, and I thank you on this morning, Father God, you would speak to us, that we would hear your voice. We just thank you for all that you've given us in Jesus' mighty name. And C3 Silverwater said, amen, amen, amen. Well, the title of the message here this morning, it's our theme for our Easter around the city as we gather in about 10 locations at C3 Church. Uh, uh, this uh, coming Easter is love never fails. Can we all say that? Love never fails. And you know what? The most incredible act of love ever was performed on a cross. And it is that event that we remember today. The cross, the centerpiece of the biggest story of love the world has ever known. The cross, it's all about the cross. My uh, eldest two children go to a school that's about a 20 minute drive from where we live. So it's like kind of 20 minutes there, it takes about five minutes to get in the line, drop them off and come home. And uh, I don't know about your children, but if my kids are in the car longer than about three minutes these days, you start hearing things like, dad on board. Dad, can I have your phone? I don't know what's happened. It feels like as a, when I was a kid, you would just look into space out that window for hours on end, and you had nothing to entertain you. But it was just how it was. But the kids these days, it seems like we're working hard to keep them entertained. Does any parent like go, yeah, yeah, I, I'm hearing you, Pastor. I'm hearing you, Pastor. Well, on the way to school, we often come up with something to keep them entertained. So right now, the latest thing we do is... Uh, called Spoto, we try to see how many yellow cars we can find on the way to school. The uh, world record for this in our household is 23. We started at eight, and we've got a lot better at, uh, at finding the yellow cars on the drive to school. But one of the other things that we've often played is when I give my kids a list of things to find on the drive. So I'll say, uh, and I put these in my phone, it's things like you've got to find an aeroplane. You've got to find an Australian flag. You've got to find a dog. You've got to find a, a bike, a push bike. You, you've got to find a golf ball, which we do pass uh, putt-putt, so they're always like, Dad, we know that one's in the bag. And we give them a list of things, and one of the things on the list is to find a cross, wow. to find a cross. And uh, my kids know where to look for a cross. Where do you think if you're driving you know, in the cars? There's probably two places, and they know where to look. It's either at a church or quite frequently it's the cross hanging 
from many people's rear vision mirrors. And it's funny, when you start to look for it, you start to see the cross everywhere, this symbol of love, this symbol of the greatest act of love. And for some people, it means a lot more than for others, but it is the cross. That is the message of love for this world from God. It is through the cross. It is what occurred on that cross. Was God in heaven showing his people the greatest act of love? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And when we read that, it wasn't like when God's talking about the world here, he's not saying because I loved the trees. He's not saying because I loved the ocean. He's not saying because he loves the grass and, and the dogs and the cats. He's saying that he loved you. He's saying that he loved you so much that he would send his one and only son to a cross for you, to a cross for you. See, the journey of the son, the journey of the son of God, he was always on his way to the cross. This wasn't an accident to God. He sent his one and only to go to a cross for you and I, to go to a cross to take all of our sins, to take the stains that have stained us upon himself, and to die what was a brutal death, but he did it out of love, and he did it for you and I, and it's on this day we remember that great moment, that great sacrifice, and what we need to remember is the life that we get to live because of that moment, a life saved a life of freedom, a life of truly knowing love, a life that we don't have to carry the weights and burdens that many of us sometimes try to. We can live in this beautiful, this space of just living a life that God would want us to live with a great future and a great hope because of the cross. Because of the cross, it was God demonstrating his love in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that. It's not up to us proving things to God before we can receive this love. Whilst we were sinning, whilst we were away, while we were turning our own back on God, he still loves us. He still loved us that he would send his son. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I know live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Put yourself in that. He loved you. He loved you. He loved you. He loved you. This is for each and every one of us. There's not an exclusion zone around feeling and knowing the love of God. He is the most inclusive being on the planet. He loves to include all of us in this story of his love. 1 John 4.10. This love, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. 
many years ago, before Natalie and I had children, we travelled, uh, we did a bit, of a, a bit of a trip around certain parts of the globe and uh, had the great privilege of seeing just some wonderful things around, uh, around this beautiful planet Earth. And uh, we picked a few spots we wanted to go to. And one of those we ended up in was Rome. And whilst we were in Rome, uh, we had a few things we wanted to see. And one of them was we really wanted to see the Sistine Chapel. We just thought, let's, uh, we, we just want to go there. We want to experience that, that masterpiece of art. So we can remember we were in Rome for four days. And uh, on the very first day, we're like, let's get this thing done. So we uh, went down to the Vatican there and uh, got in that big courtyard and we saw the big line, and uh, we got in this line, and uh, the time of year we went to Rome, it was quite hot, and as we stood in this line, we'd been in this line for a while, and all of a sudden, someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, excuse me, sir, you, uh, you might want to read the sign over there, just because I noticed your wife's in like a bit of a singlet kind of top. So we look over to this sign, and we notice that there's, there's dress regulations, and as I look at the dress regulations and I look at my wife, I'm like, uh-oh, this, uh, we're in trouble here. She, uh, the sign said that the, the females had to have their arms covered. So I'm like, oh, well, this is okay. We'll go and do some other things. I think we went and got gelato. That's another good thing to do in Rome. And, uh, and uh, anyway, we didn't get to do it. We thought, well, we'll get back there for sure. We're here for four days. The next day, we uh, went and did the uh, Colosseum, and we had some other things, and a tour there. And then it's like, well, the day three, we're, we're back to see the Sistine Chapel. So we, uh, we got into this line uh, on this day, and it was a Saturday. And we're in this same line, same place. And whilst we're in that line, we're getting closer to the sign, and I'm not really paying any attention. And then I kind of just look at it, and this sign was big, and it had like a divider down the side, and it had uh, what the women need to wear, but it also had what the men need to wear. And as I look at that sign, I just noticed that the picture of the male had long, like, trousers on, and I'm like, I'm wearing shorts. I'm wearing shorts. So I thought, no worries, Natalie, you stay in the line. I'm going to run back to our hotel, which was about a kilometre away, and I'll come back. So I ran back to the hotel, put on some pants, and ran back. And as I'm coming in, I, I just thought, I hope we're in the right line. So I went up to one of the, the guards, and I said, look, we're, we want to see the Sistine Chapel, and we're in that line over there, and we're in the right line, aren't we? And he said, no, you're not. The line to get into the Sistine Chapel actually starts on the outside of the Vatican War. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I went over to Natalie and said, Natalie, bad news, we're in the wrong line. So we came out of that line, we went out the back, uh, the back of the wall, and we got in another line, and there we are waiting. And it was a long line. I knew it was long because we'd done a, a run that morning, and I, I kind of, I did see a door, and I was like, oh, I was like, we're a long way from getting in. And as we stood there with the line moving very slowly, all of a sudden, there was a bit of commotion and a lot of people moving and the line kind of started to go up and I heard people kind of complaining and I'm like, wait here, Natalie. And I ran around to where the, the, the door was and found out that on this particular day, the Pope was in town and he was doing something that afternoon and they were closing the Sistine Chapel. And the next day was Sunday and it was shut. So the Sistine Chapel, this masterpiece of art, was not seen with our eyes. But I want to remind us, the biggest masterpiece of love ever is the cross. 
and it is available for each and every one of us to experience. This masterpiece, the cross, loves masterpiece. Billy Graham, quite a famous American evangelist, said, God proved his love on the cross when Christ hung and bled and died. It was God saying to the world, I love you. I love you. And the thing is about this love, some of the things of the nature of the love of God is it's inexhaustible. There's a translation of 1 Corinthians 13, the big love chapter. It says, love knows no limits to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen. God's love is inexhaustible. You cannot get to the end of God's love. There is nothing we can do or anyone can do that will cause God to cease loving you. God is infinite. He is eternal. He is immortal. And his love cannot run out. Is that not good news? Let's give the Lord a round of applause for his love. His love. 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed that, that, the love, the, that the love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. His love doesn't run out. When we had our eldest daughter, Sienna, and I fell in love again with her, and then when child number two was coming along, I, it did cross my mind. It's like, how can there be any more? I love my daughter. How can there be any more love in my human heart for another child? Like, I'm just like, I was a little bit like, is there going to be like a division here? And then I've got to kind of like give a bit to her and I've got to kind of get... But do you know what happens when that extra child comes? It's just like that heart expands. And as much love as I had for Sienna... I had for Jesse. When child number three came along, as much love as I had for Sienna and Jesse, there was more of that same capacity of love for child number three. And I'm sure for those that have had more than that, like the regulars up to seven, it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming out. This love, it's not limited. It doesn't have to be split. And God's love, it doesn't run out. There is more than enough for each and every one of us. And I love God because he's never going to say I'm I'm tired and I'm a bit weary of loving people. Today's my last day of the love for people. He's not like that. His love keeps coming. His love is there for all. It does not fail. It does not give up. He loves, he loves, he loves. He does not stop loving me. He will not stop loving you. This beautiful love. He also, his love, it is limitless. God's love is without boundaries. It has no limitations. No one is beyond this reach. Nobody, nobody. Those that sometimes have, have done terrible things and might feel perpetually guilty, you need to know that God's love is still there and it is big enough and wide enough to reach you, to reach you. It can reach every person in every tribe, in every nation, in every kingdom, in every race, in every age. That's how grand and unlimited this, this love is for each and every one of you. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19 says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power 
together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all. Everyone say all. All the fullness of God. All the fullness, all of us, no matter what we've done, it is there for us. Romans 8, 38, 39, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I tell you, it is good news for us this morning. It is good news for us this morning. The cross, the measure of God's love to us, that the Father would sacrifice His Son for those, even when we didn't love Him back, it was still a sacrifice for us. It was a payment for us so that we could enter into communion and fellowship with himself. It cost God his son, yet he went ahead with it out of love, out of love for each and every one of us. And it's always there, because all he wants is for each and every one of us to spend eternity with him in heaven. And it is available, and if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus, because receiving Jesus is receiving that love, in a moment, you'll have your opportunity today to receive Jesus into your life. You might be here today and you're feeling like there's been times where there was someone and they should have loved you. They needed to love you, but they didn't love you. They let you down. Could have been a father, a mother, a grandparent, an auntie, an uncle, a friend, a colleague, a boss, people that you would have thought, pretty sure they love me. You might be here today and you're wearing scars on believing that the power of the love of God would touch you here today, that you would know the Father's love. You would know it's in its entirety and in its truth and that it is there for you on this day on this day because God's not a he's not a God of great judgment many years ago when I was a young boy I was given the task one day to go and pick up my sister she had had a music lesson and I had to travel across town about two kilometers maybe three kilometers on my bike to pick her up I was in year six at the time so I was 11 or 12 and as I got to a main road in, in, in the town I lived in, it actually had seven lanes of traffic I had to get across to get to the other side. There was three lanes in the uh, medium strip, and then there was a turning lane and another three lanes to get to the other side. And as I uh, got to the side, and I, I can't remember if I was running late or I was just partly in a rush, like I often am, I got to this road and I looked down to my right and noticed there was no cars coming. So I ran halfway. It's like, this is easy, this is safe. I ran to the medium strip. As I stood at that medium strip, I looked up and noticed that there was a red light, a red light before me. 
And I looked and I saw that the cars were stationary. I thought, here's my opportunity to get to the other side. Wise move? Definitely not. But as I took off and I went past the turning lane and got past the next lane and got to like the kind of third lane of four to get to the medium strip, I glanced up to see that light go from red to green. And as I did that, I kind of took another step or two and I found myself in a bad predicament because all the other cars were stopped at the lights except the furthest lane from me, there was no car stopped. And a car had come up over a crest and obviously seen a green light and maybe it even been looking to the side to know that it's about to go green. I don't know what happened, but all I know is as I took another step, I found myself flying through the air and landing on the tarmac. I praise the Lord that uh, the the direct impact was onto my bike and I kind of flung off that and that hitting me then into my leg because it felt like this old Kingswood was traveling rather fast at the time. And I stood down on that road and I picked up my bike and I hobbled onto the footpath and I laid there. I was in pain, but I was aware that I was okay. But as I laid there on my back, gentleman who had seen it all happen come running over I would have maybe thought he might have said hey boy are you okay hey boy is there anything I can do for you I would have hoped that it would have been love that came out of his mouth but as he towered over me that day I heard these words that was a pretty stupid thing you just did Now, he was probably right. It was a stupid thing to do. But it wasn't the words that I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear some love. I needed some encouragement in that moment. And you might be here today and in your own life. You might be hearing too many other other words. You might be thinking that God's a God of just great judgment and he's not happy with you and he's not pleased with you. I want to tell you here today, he loves you. He sent his son to a cross for you. And here today, there is enough of his love for each and every one of us. This love of great power that can see you picked up and living the most incredible life on this earth and this love that sees us getting all the way to heaven for eternity. It is here today for each and every one of us. It is a Friday and it is Good Friday because the cross I tell you what, it brings good news for each and every one of us. It brings good news for each and every one of us. And what I want to do here right now is in this service here this morning, both on the bottom floor and in the mezzanine, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today and you've never really experienced this love because you haven't received Jesus into your life, in a moment I'll give you an opportunity to respond by saying yes to Jesus Christ. This is an invitation, whether you're a child in this place, whether you're of age, of any age. Like I said, this cross, it was for all. It was for every tribe, for every race, for every age. It is for all. The message of the cross is for each and every 